Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of Pasha. My name is Nondobe Gomjali. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, I get to pick the brain of Adam Habib, Vice Chancellor and Principal of the University of the Fitbardistrand in South Africa. Professor Habib has been at the helm at WITS for the last seven years. Prof, what are some of the changes you have seen in higher education? So, it'll be an interesting question, actually. Uh, so, I think South African higher education has changed quite fundamentally. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, the significant feature that transforms South African higher education is fees must fall. What that has done is not only brought uh, politics to the center of the university system, but it also forced a series of governmental reforms, some of which have addressed some problems but created others. Uh, and I think that there are consequences of all of that that we are living through. So I think that higher education has changed in quite fundamental ways, largely as a result of, of, of fees must fall. What do you think are the challenges in the country's higher education sector? The challenge of higher education for the last 25, 20 years has been that uh, government demanded the expansion of higher education, but wasn't willing to put in the equivalent resources to transform it. So we had, in 1994, about 420,000 people in universities. By 2015, that had shifted to about a million, a million, or 1.1 million. But there wasn't the equivalent investment per capita in students. And that forced universities to increase fees. So a place like WITS in 1994, 70% of its expenditure was covered by government subsidy. By 2015, it was less than 38, 36%. The difference that was made up was largely made up from fees. And that's a story not of only WITS, it's of money of the other institutions in the society. What that did is began to price out education out of their hands of not only the working classes but also the middle classes. And fees must fall exploded in the urban uh, institutions. It was really not a working class revolt. It was a middle class revolt. And that's what is worth bearing in mind. Now, I think government didn't help because actually Politicians were seriously hypocritical. When you were wearing your ANC cap, you were speaking about free education. When you were sitting in cabinet, you were passing policies that undermined free education. In fact, that was commodifying education. And so, in a sense, they sp spoke with forked tongue, and it actually exploded. So, was there legitimacy to fees must fall? Yes. Was the, stra the, the strategies uh, uh, utilized... Uh, appropriate? No, because what it's done is it's created a high level of instability. It's created academic staff saying this is not worth it. It's created talented students saying not worth it. And it's destabilizing our university system for generations to come. And that is a problem. It's also created a political self-entitlement where people who repeatedly fail think that because they can toy-toy, they will be allowed back in. And that's become a culture of impunity. And I think that that's dangerous for not only the university system, but it's dangerous for society. 
Taking a look at the Fees Must Fall movement and the challenges that came with it, can you give us some suggestions on what should have been done? As a result of Fees Must Fall, the big question is what do we do about the crisis of higher education? Jacob Zuma set up the Hare Commission. The Hare Commission made the argument that actually we don't think, they don't think free education was, was on the cards. Firstly, because they were not sure philosophically it was appropriate. But secondly, because there was no money. Now, I disagree with them about philosophically. I actually think free education is good for the society. But I don't think we have the money. So I think they're right in that. And what they suggested is set up a loan scheme for everybody. And if you set up a loan scheme, it won't impact on government finances. You can get the banks to come in. And then what you do is something called an income contingent loan scheme along the lines of the Australians, where you come in, if you get a place in university, we pay for you. You go and study, you carry a debt. When you start working, you reach a particular job. When you get a job and it, you reach a particular level, you start paying back. Uh, I think under the circumstances, that was the best. What I would have recommended is start with a loan scheme and as the economy improves, then free up more and more of the loan scheme into a grant scheme. That's how I would have imagined it. But that's what they suggest. Jacob Zuma rejected his own commission's report. He agreed to implement the increase in subsidy, but he effectively didn't agree to implement. What he decided to do, largely because he wanted to win the ANC elections for his own personal reasons, decided to declare free education for the lowest, for those with a family income of 350,000. What that did is it freed up a fully fledged tuition, accommodation and subsistence for about 45 to 50% of the system. But it did not resolve the crisis for the other 50, uh, 40, 45, 50% of that system. And that's what we call the problem of the missing middle. So if you earn 400,000, it's still too expensive to come to education, but you're too rich for the scholarship, but too poor for education. And so in a sense, the missing middle problem remains. That has not been resolved. The ANC hasn't resolved it. What they said is we stuck with Jacob Zuma, who made a decision not in the interest of the country, but in the interest of trying to win an election in the ANC. And in the process, let the problem remain. Is there a lesson in this for South Africa's higher education sector? Well, I think that South Africa's higher education system has learned a lesson, but I wish it internalizes it better. And that is, don't let a problem fester. The problem of fees and the cost of higher education was festering for 15 years. All of us knew that there was a problem. We've been complaining about it for years. But effectively, what the politicians were doing is we're speaking with one tongue here and doing another thing there. And what did it do? It exploded with the kinds of very negative consequences that we have seen. So that's the first. And so in a sense, if they had learned the lesson, I would imagine they would resolve the missing middle problem. But we're back to the same thing. We talk about the problem, but we don't resolve it. Now, frankly, I wish we could. But no university can do this. 
the missing middle problem has to be done at a system level. And it seems to me that that's where the challenge lies. And that's what we've got to address. Now, I accept that we live in difficult circumstances. And I accept that we're in a very, very deep economic morass. And so how we do it is important. But ducking the question does not help. We have to confront it and we have to resolve it. There are many challenges facing higher education in South Africa, and it is important that they are addressed sooner rather than later. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pasha, produced by Ozir Patel. From me, Nondobe Gomjali, it's bye for now.